If you're looking for Pokemon style Etsy items, Pokemon Pop figures, and so much more, check out the PokeDepartmentStore.com. That's P-O-K-E-D-E-P-S-T-O-R-E.com for all your Pokemon needs. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is up, everyone? It's me, the Pokemon Cave. Today... We're just going to go strictly into some really crazy conspiracy theories. We got 18 of them. So, you know, decent amount. But stick around to the end. You might actually be able to win something. But you got to give me a little bit of something in return. Not, no, no, not money or anything. God, no. No, we're going to have a little contest. Whoever can send me the best thing regarding this contest will get a nice little surprise. So. First, Bulbasaur and Squirtle don't evolve because they see what happened to Charmander. And this gets into a lot of crap for not evolving some of the most powerful members of its original team. However, when they were watching an old episode, this, this person said that they thought the reason behind these two Pokemon not evolving or refusing to evolve could have to do with their friend Charmander. During the episode with the giant mechanical Pokemon, where we get to see what the Pokemon are actually saying to each other, it appears that the three stars have a legitimate friendship between them. However, soon after this episode, Charmander evolves into Charmeleon, and a couple of episodes after that, into Charizard. After this, the fire type's attitude is completely different. He is no longer he no longer obeys Ash, even going as far as to physically harm him. I believe that after seeing this, both Squirtle and Bulbasaur were traumatized, believing that evolution would completely change them and possibly cause them to hate their friends and their trainer. As a result, they make an agreement between the two of them that neither would evolve. Hence, they live the rest of their lives as their base forms. Now, under believable theory, there is 1,183 upvotes and 124 down. Now, <clears throat> I have a problem with that. So, the reason why Charizard did not obey Ash, I mean, look at the, the games. If you level up your Pokemon too soon without actually having the required number of badges, that Pokemon's not going to listen to you. In fact, I mean, it's even in the newer games. Like, they, they continue this theory on for numerous games. Um, I caught a brand new uh, Dragonair in Pokemon Violet. Now, it was at level 54 when I caught it. And I didn't have Gym Badge at the time um that allowed pokemon up to like level 55 to obey me or whatever um so it evolved into dragonite at 55 not with me using it it was just kind of sitting in my party but i wanted to have it level up anyway to go into dragonite i chose to use dragonite in a battle just for kind of shits and giggles and it would not obey me because i didn't have the gym badges required for it to listen to me it's the same way as that in the anime. If you don't have the, the required number of badges. 
the Pokemon's not going to listen to you, anime or in the game. Number two, <clears throat> Ash's Pikachu's unusual strength comes from a lightning strike in the very first episode. Remember that, guys? It was quite the emotional episode. Ash's Pikachu is not shown to have any extreme power, giving people and a Spearow light to medium shocks throughout the first episode until the end, where Pikachu jumps up into the air and is struck by a bolt of lightning. After Pikachu, after, Pikachu immediately has the power to shock an entire flock of Spearow along with Ash. Next time we've seen using its power, power is to shock, uh, to shock is Team Rocket in Episode 2. Once a group of Pikachu and once once with a group of Pikachu and once powered up by Ash in Misty's bike, Team Rocket immediately and then repeatedly throughout later episodes comment that Pikachu is significantly more powerful than any other that they've seen before, and is way beyond its evolutionary level. As the show continues, Pikachu is shown to be equally or more powerful than Pokemon would logically defeat it, such as much larger Pokemon evolutions and Pokemon trained for years by experienced trainers. Pikachu may have been extra powerful all its life, but were given no inclination of it, and why would Professor Oak have given such an incredibly powerful Pikachu to a young trainer that wasn't even on time to choose a Pokemon? He didn't? He didn't. The lightning strike overcharged Pikachu, and ever since then, he's been able to channel more electricity than any other Pokemon of his level. Team Rocket, having been shocked by Pikachu, know how powerful he is, and that is why they want to steal him. Uh, that got uh, ooh, 641 up and 150 down. Uh, I mean, we've seen Pikachu get charged by electricity before in order to become stronger. Uh, in fact, I believe they use that same technique in order to beat Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, if I do remember correctly. But again, correct me if I'm wrong. I will put my uh, Instagram handle down below in the description. Um, by all means, if I'm wrong, please let me know. But also, you're going to need that link for something else. Remember, at the end of the episode. Number three, levels work differently in the anime than they do in the games. Well, no kidding. It's an anime. The anime is kind of vague on the concept of levels. As sometimes they do outright mention it and others completely ignore it. I think I work out a system for why levels don't operate the same way they do in games. Levels don't exist the same way they do in the games, rather they're like Lexile scores. Or if you want a more accurate version, they're similar to a staircase, and each possible move counts as being part of that staircase. That's why Dawn's Piplup already knows Bubble Beam, and Peck, and Peck learns it at level 15. Oh, Bubble Beam and Peck learns it at 15 and 18, when really it should only know Pound and Growl. You can jump at various parts of the staircase, like your Piplup could be level 5, but still know these moves because of it. Anyway, another reason why I say levels don't exist in the same matter as the game series is that gameplay differs in the anime. When Paul took on Cynthia, she shouldn't at the very least lost Garchomp, but Garchomp barely had a scratch on her. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Alicia's Tynamo... Uh, tackle attack is extremely powerful, but it shouldn't be. If we follow the games, that Tynamo should be super weak regardless of what level it's at. Therefore, levels don't exist the same way they do in the anime. The power of a Pokemon depends upon several factors. Practice, training, skill, and strategy. Pokemon fights are much like c 
competitive sports. And with competitive sports, you always have to be training. Stopping for a short time could be a disaster. That's why Pikachu's resets, so to speak, after each gym battle is plausible. Ash would give him a break in between each region when they're just exploring. That break would be much longer. So the concept of how a Pokemon is raised plays very much into how it does competitively. However, you might wonder why other characters don't have this issue. Well, for somebody like Dawn, May, or Serena, they aren't training their Pokemon to battle, but rather be in contests. So they focus on grooming and moves. In a contest, it doesn't matter if you're level 1 or level 100. So long as you have pretty moves, it wouldn't surprise me if Dawn's Pokemon, bearing Piplup and perhaps Mamoswine, are all super low in terms of level. That got 140 up and 30 down. Uh, yeah, kind of makes sense a little bit, right? Number four is Ash isn't Pikachu's first trainer. Well, I, I think we all agree on that, don't we? But nonetheless, so as I was researching an idea I had, I got pretty deep into Pokemon breeding, says this um, Redditor. The mechanic by which you can birth new Pokemon to get specific moves and stats, what I found was a surprisingly sound theory on the passive Pikachu's Pik Ash's Pikachu. Holy moly. <laughs> the first thing's first. Where'd Pikachu come from? In the show, Oak offers Pikachu to Ash after he shows up late. In the proper Pokemon he was expected to take, he's already been has already been taken by other trainers. What happens afterward is a series of wacky shenanigans as Ash attempts to handle Don really Pikachu. Now, it's not unheard of for Pokemon to refuse the orders given by their trainers. Ash has several other Pokemon that outgrow him and refuse his orders, but only Pikachu does so at first. Eventually, Ash proves his friendship by nearly sacrificing himself to save Pikachu, who in turn saves Ash's life, and the two become lifelong friends. But let's back up real quick. When we first see Pikachu's Pokeball, it looks unusual. There's a lightning bolt on the front. There's nothing particularly weird about this, but there's also nothing quite like it in the series. Even the other stars have just normal Pokeballs. So what's up with that? Well, the lightning bolt looks like an awful lot like a seal. The seals were accessories that changed the opening animatronics of the Pokeballs, one of which added lightning bolts. The seals were only in Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, the fourth game in the series, and aren't unusable in any other set of games. With this, we can guess Pikachu may have originally been from Sinnoh. Sinnoh is also one of the reasons Pikachus can be found. Pika Pikachu? Oh, Pikachus. Holy... Can I not read that? <laughs> can be found in, although there are fewer exceptions than examples of this. But why would a Pokemon from Sinnoh be in the care of Professor Oak? Well, in the second episode of Pokemon, we see a generator powered by Pikachu, showing the Pokemon have some uh, utility when it comes to power. As Oak is in no doubt performing some important research, the threat of a power outage is daunting, so Oak may have a Pikachu generator of his own. So we can guess where Pikachu is from, and why he's in Kanto at the start of the series, and even why Pikachus are so common, why not just catch a Pikachu then? They're in Kanto. Well, training is a job for a reason, and you'd want to, a Pikachu with the right stats, potentially speed, or a special attack, finding that in the wild is pretty difficult. So a breeder is a good alternative, but why Sinnoh? In the original Kanto games, there was no breeding mechanic, so it's possible Kanto breeders weren't around at the time. One of the protagonists dreams of be being a breeder, so he may want to set up such a system. 
So if you're familiar with Pokemon, you may have some observations, namely why is Pikachu such a jerk? Well, at the start of the series, he's disobedient, rude, outright abusive to Ash. If he was bred to be a backup generator, shouldn't he be more compliant? Well, the answer to that lies in Pikachu's early life as a Pichu. Now, there are no Pichu in Kanto, at least not initially, but there is a method to breeding a Pikachu that is born as a Pikachu. They're all, they all start as Pichus. Stop, you say. Why not just sell Pichus then? Well, as anyone who has played Smash Bros. will tell you, Pichu is harmed by its own electricity. So its use as a generator is pretty minimal. But when it makes make Pikachu kind of intense, since it has to be a fair bit stronger than any other starter when it's a stage 2 evolution. Well, kind of. Pichu evolves through happiness, which can be earned through battles, but also through items and simple walking. As a result, while Pikachu could be a fair bit tougher, and there's good evidence that he is, he could also be around starter level. So while Oak might, might be giving Ash an edge, he's not handing him a nuke. But why Pikachu be such a jerk? To put it simply, he misses his breeder. From Pikachu's perspective, he spent his whole life with the one person who dedicated weeks, if not months, to make him the happiest Pokemon he could possibly be, even giving him a special Pokeball. Then he gets shipped off halfway across the road to be a generator. That'll do things to a guy. I mean, of course. Pikachu isn't disobedient because he's naturally opposed to ownership. He just thinks he's already has a trainer waiting for him and has lost his trust in trainers as a result. When Ash tries to take a Spearow herd for him, Pikachu begins to trust trainers again and moves past his own baggage. This may also be why Pikachu has such an aversion to his own Pokeball. It reminds him of his old trainer and he's Ash's Pikachu now. Side note, Pikachu's Pokeball only shows up a few times and we only see Pikachu enter it and exit it in the first episode. That one was a little closer for believability. It was 356 up and 113 down. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense, but I don't know. Number five, Pokemon Leagues are college job force training entries. Oh, here we go. This is, some, this is mostly centered around the games since I haven't watched much of the show. Why? Why have you not watched most of the show? What the hell's wrong with you? Pokemon Origins also provides a little bit of this theory. The goal is not to have trainers train the best and most powerful Pokemon, but rather to teach trainers how to train Pokemon. The Pokemon Leaf serves, serves dual purposes, with one being to help teach Pokemon people. Oh my. It was <laughs> one being to help teach people to be better trainers and to act as a main sport forum for entertainment. To that end, one, Jim Lee. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Choose their teams based on the trainer's experience. In Origins, Brock knew Red didn't have any badges, so he selected a team of low-level Pokemon to match his difficulty. This also plays into GSC, uh, HDSS, where you go battle the Cancel Trainers, and they're all decked out in stronger Pokemon. It seems pretty unre- unreasonable that a kid would get their level 5 Bulbasaur and have to go up against a Sabrina's level 50 whatever. Number 2. Gyms are primarily for teaching trainers how to use a specific type. Pokemon who become gym trainers, Pokemon really? People who become gym trainers don't seem to be taking the league challenge, nor do they seem to be attempting to become a gym leader. Gym leaders even reward trainers with TMs related to the specific type once they've shown significant mystery over it, mastery over it. Wow, I cannot read. Gyms generally appear in areas relevant to their type. The economics of these areas are most likely related to or at least impacted by the environment. It makes sense that an ice gym would be in an icy area and teach the people how to utilize the plentiful ice Pokemon to perform ice-based tasks. Number four is trainers tend to be monotype or specialized. Besides trainers who are in it for the sport, like ace trainers or breeders, like uh, breeders, there is very little team diversity optimization. Despite the fact that every gym has a different type, and all of the in-game schools teach about type advantage, most people have Pokemon specialized to their careers, like attritions and uh, bird trainers. Nearly the entire economy is based on Pokemon. We've seen electric Pokemon running power plants, fighting types performing construction, flying types running taxi services, and of course Chansey in the medical field. If nearly every aspect of the economy is based on the labor of Pokemon, then having any job would require you to be familiar with the training and commanding of Pokemon, especially type familiarity if you're working a specialized job. Gym leaders are community leaders, mayors, and political figures. This is heavily implied, especially in the black and white era, where the gym leaders can shut down roads and have more of a presence against threats. They act as a leader of the local government, the local law enforcement, slash protector, and they seem to be appointed or elected in somehow. With Blue taking over Giovanni's gym and Flannery becoming a gym leader despite the fact that she didn't really seem to want to do it that much. Professor Kukui established a Pokemon League in Aloha. While this isn't really particularly definitive, it does make sense that a Pokemon professor would want to establish what is essentially the equivalent of a college for trainers. This would, mean, this would mean as a trainer, you go through and take the league challenge, eventually specialize in a monotype trainer of yourself, and eventually use the Pokemon you raise to perform the career you're chosen. A few, few notable notes to this are the Galar region probably also does this, but the league there seems much more ob- oriented around the entertainment aspect of it. Uh, number two, this, uh, this rather more reasonable explains why the cynical haha sends kids out into the wind wilds. <laughs> wow. Uh, on their own thing isn't as dumb as people think. People have a symbiotic relationship with Pokemon, 
So Pokemon are inherently trustworthy and people trust one another so much that they're happy to chat with you when you just walk into their homes. The Elite Four is 100% entertainment and sports aspect. Most of the trainers encountered on the various victory roads are ace trainers who are the few trainers who have the more diverse and balanced teams. This is basically the sport where, they're, where they are competing at the highest level in the region. The league is also probably some sort of mandatory military service, as many countries in their own world have. I'm not going to go too deep into that because it's on the edgy, more cynical side, and those types of fan theories are, to me, the most boring. <clears throat> but everyone who goes through the league at some level be capable of battling Pokemon, and if gym leaders are community leaders, it makes sense that the strongest and most capable trainers are also the ones who look over the towns. And finally, similarly, Pokemon seem to grow closer to their trainers through battling. So battling is clearly something that the Pokemon themselves enjoy. If Pokemon have that impulse towards fighting or aggression, training them through, through those super specific battles that follow specific laws and rule sets is probably a way to provide them with a safe outlet for aggression teaching them to only be aggressive in specific circumstances while also helping them grow to their power. This actually was pretty lopsided. It was 247 up to a 70, just a 70 down. Hmm, interesting. In number seven, we're actually going to end today's episode on number seven. Uh, stay tuned for earlier or later on in the week where we will do another seven just because some of these are pretty long. Uh, and then we'll end off the week with... Uh, the last four, and plus a little story. So number seven is there's even more evidence to support Pokemon War. Pokemon War conspiracy theories are one, fresh water costs more than a potion and heals your Pokemon more than a potion. This is because the water in the Pokemon world is irrat or irradiated and contaminated from war. This is why you can't just drink water that you can surf in. TNs were originally designed as a means of warfare. They enable Pokemon to learn more powerful moves and complicated movesets to make them better fighters against other Pokemon. Friendship evolution wasn't discovered until Gen 2. Why? Perhaps Gen 1 is too soon after the war. It wasn't until people made connections and friendships with Pokemon in times of war that they realized how important the bond between Pokemon and trainer can be, which soon led to the friendship and happiness evolutions. Four is each Pokemon professor gives you an empty Pokedex, implying that they have no knowledge to share about the Pokemon in the era, except exactly how many there are. Maybe your character isn't trying to learn about every Pokemon on the personal journey, but, but perhaps he is recovering information that was lost in war. For regions that are so close to one another, how is it that the people of Kanto have no knowledge of the 100 plus Pokemon available just a short distance across the sea? Maybe this lack of knowledge is based on the fact that some of these regions were at war with each other and were unwilling to share information with each other. Also, regarding a lack of knowledge, why does each region have a different PC programmer who gets credit for doing essentially the same thing Bill did in 1996? Maybe no one in other regions knows what Bill did. This, ex this explains why Bill, Lantet, Bridget, Babe, and Amadia have all been given credit for basically discovering the same thing. It was pointed out in the original Pokemon War Conspiracy that the war explains why towns have all have gyms and Pokemon centers, but no real form of entertainment. Newer games have this. Perhaps this is just because the newer games are more advanced and the towns can support them more. Or perhaps it is the result of the fact that it has now been a number of years since the Pokemon War 
And now it's time, it's in its time of peace. People have time for more entertainment again. So we're going to end it on number seven there. Uh, like I said earlier, um, next or in a couple of days, we'll go uh, the next seven and then the last four. Now, how does this all tie to my Instagram account down below in the description? Well, for this week only from I think this podcast is coming out on the Monday. So you have until for uh, let's say Sunday. OK, until Sunday. From now until Sunday, give me your best Pokemon conspiracy theory. Only in Instagram. OK, you have to send me a Instagram message of your best conspiracy theory for Pokemon. I don't care where you live. You could live on the other side of the world. Everybody is entered. OK, send me your best Pokemon conspiracy theory. And the one that is the most believable will win a prize for me. Uh, I will ship it completely free. The prize itself is completely free. All I need from you is just an address to send it to. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So, from now until Sunday, send me your best Pokemon conspiracy theory. And I will do like a live reading, maybe on Instagram. Um, and I'll pick who I think is the best, just based off of the stories. Uh, and whoever wins will get a nice little prize. But with that being said, thank you for another episode of, or thank you for listening for to another episode of Pokemon Cave. Um, please give this one and last week's episode a listen. Last week I had Anthony on who, uh, you know, yeah, we, we kind of steered away from our typical Pokemon stuff, but it was a lot of stuff regarding finances and how to properly manage your, your finances, um, but also relating it to Pokemon. So it was kind of cool. So give that a listen and uh, stay tuned for the rest of this week for the newer episodes based on these conspiracy theories. And don't forget to enter that contest to win something neat. Hey everyone, uh, this is actually in the future, sort of, <laughs> from actually when I first recorded this podcast. Um, I'm just going actually over the editing for this podcast uh, episode before I uh, debut it on Monday. However, there's a slight um, edit to this that I need to inform you all. Uh, I did not realize that the Sunday after this podcast comes out is Christmas. <laughs> so what's going to happen is you listen to this podcast that came out today on Monday or would have come out on Monday because uh, this is actually before Monday. Uh, the next one will be out on the Wednesday and the third one will be out on Friday, the 23rd. Now, you do have until christmas day which is the sunday so as of midnight on christmas day the submissions will be shut down um and then on boxing day when i have some time uh because i have some family coming over on boxing day i'm going to sit down 
go over the last remaining submissions from the Friday episode. Uh, and then I'll probably do a Instagram live, uh, you know, probably sometime in the afternoon. I'll go through all the submissions and I will declare a winner. So with that being said, have a good night and I will see you later this week. Take care, everyone.